Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Psalm 84 is a lovely expression of the psalmist's intense love and longing for God's house. How lovely are your tabernacles, he writes, O Jehovah of hosts. My soul longs, indeed even faints, for the courts of Jehovah. As this wonderful psalm develops, it becomes clear just what it is regarding God's house that draws him so. For it's here, in God's habitation, which in his time was the tabernacle, but today we realize is the church, that we find Christ. It is him that we long for and desire above all else. Of course, this psalm also shows us that on the way to God's house, the journey brings us through many stations, like a valley of weeping, and eventually to the two altars that reside in the tabernacle. Matt Miller's with us, and Matt, good to have the chance to uh, both of us share together. I, I think this is, uh, thus far, we've come through now 84 of the 150 Psalms. Uh, I think this is one of the most uh, tasty that we've touched so far. Don't you agree? I agree, Chris. I was in this meeting. It was a Wednesday night meeting in Anaheim. I remember the sweetness of this meeting. I hope our listeners will stay with us. I think it's a special program today. And as we mentioned in this opening, Matt, uh, here's the longing of this psalmist uh, for God's house. He's not in God's house uh, or near it even as he's writing this. It's it's quite obvious. Yet he longs and uh, he's even fainting for the prospect of getting there. And we have to have a kind of a question, I think, rise up in our being listening to such an utterance. How much do we long for? How much do we love God's house? That's a good question, Chris. And I was thinking as uh, we were coming in here, to long for the house of God is not an individual experience. It's, right. It is an individual, but he's longing for the house of God. And we know clearly in the New Testament the house of God is the church. It's God's building, which is a corporate experience. Matt, in this uh, first section, uh, Witness Lee is going to refer to the two altars that we find in the tabernacle. And, of course, this is spoken of in Exodus chapter 40, just a couple of verses there that refer to these two altars. I think maybe that's a surprise to people. I think they all realize there's an altar at the door of the tabernacle just as you go in by the labor there where the offerings took place. But there's another altar, isn't there? There is. Here's uh, Exodus chapter 40, verses 5 and 6, and it says, And you shall put the golden altar for incense before the ark of the testimony and set up the screen of the entrance to the tabernacle. And then verse 6 And you shall put the altar of burnt offering before the entrance of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. So here, clearly, two different altars, one of gold, and we find out later that the other is of brass. And they're mentioned there in Exodus 40 so closely together, meaning these two altars are connected. They're very related to each other. The first altar, as you mentioned, is at the entrance to the tabernacle. That's where all the problems are dealt with. But the other altar is as you get farther into the experience in the tabernacle, right before you reach the Holy of Holies, it's in the holy place. Mm -hmm. And that's the altar mentions in Revelation 7-3, the golden altar, the incense altar, where there's an acceptance to God, where Christ is really our acceptance to God. 
Well, I'm looking forward to this first section. This Psalm 84 has just 12 verses, and uh, we'll split them into three groups and read uh, uh, four at a time here as we get through this whole psalm in our life study today. All right, Psalm 84, verses 1 through 4. How lovely are your tabernacles, O Jehovah of hosts! My soul longs, indeed even faints, for the courts of Jehovah. My heart and my flesh cry out to the living God. At your two altars, even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. O Jehovah of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will yet be praising you. Selah. Already you can uh, get a sense of the taste here. It is a sweet psalm indeed. Here's Witness Lee. We come to Psalm 84. This is the most lovable psalm to me. The psalmist here loved the habitation of God with Christ. He longed to be there. Like Sparrow, find a home, and the Swallow, find a nest for herself where she may lay her young at the two altars. Exodus 40 mentioned Firstly, put in the altar of gold. Then put the altar of the brass. These two altars in the mentioning are very close. And uh, in our experiences, also they are very close. We firstly come to the altar of brass, that's cross, where we get everything soft. Then we are clean, we are pure, we are okay, we are qualified, then we enter into the tabernacle to contact God. Where we contact God? Just at the incense altar. The brass altar to us is a kind of refuge. We escape from all the troubles to come to the cross of Christ. Right? So at the cross, we make our confession of all our defects, failures, sins, big ones, small ones. It is here at the cross we got clear. Then right away we go in to contact God. Uh-huh. At the cross we met the crucified Christ. When we got in at the altar of incense, golden altar, the crucified Christ becomes the ascended Christ. In ascension, he becomes our acceptance. By ourselves, regardless how pure, how good we will be, we still cannot be acceptable to God. We could only be accepted to God in Christ. Then, when you go in, you just feel God is right with you. You just feel, my, this is the place where it's my home. I'm home now. I'm at rest. Right away, you have a feeling. Why? You are now having a hiding place. That's your refuge. Then, when you pray, my, you have a resting home. There's two altars every day. Amen. We cannot keep us away. Amen. Every day, cross. Every day, Christ. Cross. Christ, cross, Christ, refuge and rest and home, refuge and home, hiding and 
rest. Man, I just could linger right here, but uh, we have to uh, finish this point and go on. But I love these two altars, and I love the linkage that you referred to in the opening. And then we just heard him describe. Much time is spent, it seems, on the first altar in, in a lot of sermons and a lot of speaking about the cross. And, of course, we appreciate that. But we, we can't neglect what is designed to bring us to, can we? No, Chris, the goal is not to stay at the door of the tabernacle. God wants us to go all the way into the Holy of Holies. Hebrews 10.19 talks about entering with boldness, the Holy of Holies. Our goal is not to stay in the outer court. You know, we thank the Lord for the Lamb of God at John chapter 1 that says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What a wonderful gospel. This is just a wonderful thing. And, and when it talks about these swallows and the uh, where they bring their young, you know, a sparrow finds a home and the swallow finds a nest. Okay, what's a nest for? The nest is where you bring your young. You know, the sparrow and the swallow, they're troubled by storms. They have all kinds of problems, but they can find a home at this altar because this home is a place away and a protection from the storm, and it's where you can bring your young. That's where we bring the ones that we beget in the Lord through the gospel. And this is a wonderful gospel that he takes away the sin of the world. He takes away our problems. We can confess our sin, and he forgives us our sin. What wonderful good news. And so we have new ones. We have young ones in the Lord spiritually. We can bring them to this altar. And then not just the burnt offering altar, but where the Lamb of God was slain for us, but all the way to the incense altar where Christ becomes our acceptance, and we can actually enter into God's presence in the Holy of Holies, Let's talk for a second about the actual physical location of this second altar. It's very significant, I think, in the context of what we're talking about here. As you said, it's inside the holy place, but it's right at the veil before the Holy of Holies. Of course, the Holy of Holies is God's dwelling place, specifically in the Old Testament. Uh, That means that's God's very presence. And this second altar, this golden altar, is right there. And I think in the New Testament, as you refer to even in Revelation, it says that that altar belongs to the Holy of Holies. So the intent there is really you get this propelling sense, don't you, from the two altars all the way into God's very presence. You do, Chris. And and it mentions when uh, Christ was crucified that the veil was rent. Yeah. This is the veil that separates the holy place from the Holy of Holies. The way to God was open. We have an enterable God now. We can enter into God's presence. And there's a great footnote in the recovery version related to this incense altar, and it talks about the discrepancy that you just mentioned. Because in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's references made to the incense altar once in the holy place, the other time in the Holy of Holies. So how can it be? Well, the way it does transfer from being in the holy place to also being in the Holy of Holies is because we start there. Right. But because the veil is rent, we end up in the Spirit. We may start outside, but we end up in. It's hard to really touch this in a short way in the radio program, but it's a marvelous fact that we can enter into God's presence through the acceptance of Christ at the incense altar. Man, let's go on these next few verses. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion, passing through the valley of Baca. They make it a spring. Indeed, the early rain covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Each appears before God in Zion. O Jehovah God of hosts, hear my prayer. 
Give ear, O God of Jacob. Selah. Here's Witness Lee with our second portion. Verse 10 says, For a day in your cars is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. Actually, doorkeeper in Hebrew means one who stands at the threshold. I like to be one who stands at the threshold in the house of God. Then she said, what? Blessed to have a heart on the highways to Zion. On the highways to Zion simply means you intend to enter into the church. Your intention is a kind of highway. On this highway, you have strength in God. Your intention is a highway, but eventually the way you take is not that high but full of weeping, passing through the valley of Baca, which means weeping. When we pass through the valley of Baca, God made this valley a spring. Our tears become a spring. The psalmist says, if we would take the highway to go to God's house, trouble will come to me, Persecution will come to me. A lot of things will make us weep. But God will turn the tears of our weeping into a spring. The more tears you drop, the bigger the spring you have. Not only so, this spring eventually becomes the early rain. The early rain covering the valley of weeping with blessing. Weeping bring you a lot of tears, and the tears became the spring, and the spring became what? The blessing. It was your tear, but that tear became a spring, and that spring runs as the early rain, and that is the Holy Spirit. And this is our blessing. The issue that you will appear before God in Zion. So you treasure God's habitation because here is Zion. It is on earth, but on earth as in the heavens, in Zion. Of course, Matt, we're talking about God's house, the tabernacle in this psalm typifies God's house. Zion is another term in the Word of God that designates or typifies God's house. And this portion really gives us this progression that I think we can all identify with. I think there's some real help here for all of us because this valley of Baca, or Baca as Witness Lee pronounced it, really means the valley of weeping. But we're not left in the valley of weeping forever, are we? We're not, Chris, and I love these verses. You know, Psalm 84, verses 5 through 8 are just wonderful. It has six main points there, and Witness Lee covered them really quick, and we have to cover them quick, but it starts out with, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. God is our strength. And it's there when we have a highway to Zion in our heart. In other words, we have a heart, we have a determination to go to the church. If you don't have the experience of this, We just have to encourage people to enter into this experience, to have a a desire to enter into the church, then God becomes your strength. And yet, 
right away, there's a valley of Baca, which means there's a valley of weeping where Satan comes in to attack you. When you have the desire to pursue the church, to go to the church, Satan will attack you. He'll make it a valley of weeping. You'll have a lot of suffering, persecution. But through that experience, the very next verse talks about he makes the valley of weeping into a spring. Mm. So, And it's not only a spring, but we go to the fourth point, which the spring becomes the early rain, covering the valley of weeping with blessings. (laughs) So it's really wonderful. And then it mentions... You go from strength to strength. Yeah. And then the last point is we appear before God in Zion. It's really a wonderful short few verses. Yeah, we had now these two pictures, one coming through the two altars, the other coming through the valley of Baca, where our weeping gets turned into the spring and also produces these rains, these early rains, which signify God's blessing, resulting in eventually We're treasuring our time in Zion, God's house. So the way to God's house is not without a price, is it? It's not, and it it also starts with highways to Zion in their heart. I hope, Chris, that some of those listening today would be inspired and infused with a, a highway to Zion in their heart. Yeah, I think this is an aspiration that God is looking for among his people throughout the ages. When God finds this aspiration, he meets that group of his people and will usher them through all of these stages because this not only is how we find the house, this is also how God gets the house. And the house is, as we see in in Revelation, ultimately, it's the mutual dwelling place. It's not just our dwelling place, our refuge, our place of rest. It's also God's house where he dwells and finds rest, refuge, and satisfaction. Amen. Okay, Matt, our last segment today, I will just touch quickly these last four verses in Psalm 84. Behold our shield, O God, and look upon the face of your anointed, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For Jehovah God is a sun and a shield. Jehovah gives grace and glory. A sun that's S-U-N, a shield, grace, and glory. All right, here's Witness Lee with our last segment. Behold our shield, O God, and look upon the face of your anointed. Our shield is your anointed. And your anointed is our shield. Now, who is this one? This is David. The psalmist here prayed for David. O God, Behold the king, David. He is our shield. He protects us. And he is your anointed one. He is the Messiah. Of course, this refers to David directly. And in typology, it comes to Christ. Christ is our protection, our shield. And Christ is also God's anointed one. Then we say, God, I'm praying to you. But behold Christ, my shield, and look upon the face of your anointed, who is my Savior. Then, verse 11, for Jehovah God is a son and a shield. David cannot be a son to us. He could only be a shield because he was a man. But actually, our God could be more, not just a shield, 
but also the Son. Christ is not only our protection, but He's our Son. And what is the Son? The Son is the source of light. And light gives life. So the Son is the source of light and life that grows everything. Then it says, This Jehovah, He gives grace and glory. Grace is God for our enjoyment. Glory is God for our kind of splendor. Here, God is four things. God is the sin, God is the shell, God is the grace, and God is the glory. We do have such a psalm showing us how treasurable and how excellent is the church life. And here, we can enjoy the cross of Christ, and we can enjoy Christ himself. Then, take the highway to come to the church and dwell here. Then, we will enjoy our David, our anointed one, that is Christ, who is our sin, who is our shield, and who is grace and glory to us. Matt, you brought up very appropriately this matter of desiring God's house. And uh, here is why, I think, from what we just heard. Here's Christ as these four wonderful things, right? He's the shield. He's the sun, which is our, the source of light and life. And then he's grace and ultimately glory. Is it too much to say that if we want to experience this kind of Christ, this rich of Christ, this breadth of Christ, we have to find him in the church? No, no, it's not too much to say that. That's the point of this whole psalm, because in type, Psalm 84 is showing that that's where you find this Christ, this anointed one that David is typifying. Right. Witness Lee's conclusion there, Chris, I thought was wonderful. And actually, it's the last few sentences of the printed message. I would like to just read this last paragraph of this life study message number 32 that Witness Lee just said. It summarizes the whole program today. In type, Psalm 84 shows us how excellent the church life is Mm -hmm. and how we should treasure it. Here we enjoy the cross of Christ, and here we enjoy Christ himself. We all should take the highway to come to the church and then dwell there. Here we enjoy our David, our anointed one, our Christ, who is our son, our shield, our grace, and our glory. That's the church life, and we hope to encourage some to have this desire in their heart to come to the church life. Uh, This requires, I think, Matt, our prayer, our consideration, and really our seeking of the Lord. If our corporate church life experience of Christ is not at the kind of level, at least it's being set out there before us in this message, then perhaps we need to really endeavor to uh, get to the Lord, say, Lord, what is here for me? What do you have here for me? I want to experience you like this. I want you as my shield, as my son, to be my grace and my glory. And I think that God has a desire on his heart that will immediately uh, meet any seeker who takes such a position, a prostrate position, and, and seeks the Lord in such a way. Well, you said it well earlier, Chris, when you said it not only meets our need to experience him as our 
shield, as our sun, as our grace and our glory, it also meets his need. He wants a home. He wants a house. And when we have a heart for God's house, it makes God happy. Well, this has uh, made me happy just listening and having a chance to share, man, on these uh, riches today. This is uh, always a pleasure. Good to have you here. And I appreciate when you also uh, take this chair and uh, and give me a break. So anyway, good to have you along and hope you come back uh, and sit in that chair from time to time. Look forward to it. Of course, we both uh, would join together and encourage you to contact us about getting the printed life study messages. We've referred a lot. Matt just read out of it. The development is really there. And if this touched something in you, I think you would uh, treasure this volume. You can find out about how to receive it by calling us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. That's all the time that we have today. From Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Witness Lee's remarkable commentary on the life of Abraham, taken from the life study of Genesis, is now available from Living Stream Ministry in a single volume entitled Abraham Called by God. Abraham Called by God by Witness Lee is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.